Welcome back to Sad Girl Study Guides. As always, I'm your host, Amelia, and as always, I'm sad. This week in particular, I think I and almost everyone in the United States is much sadder than usual due to the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a young woman, particularly a young woman of Jewish heritage, having Justice Ginsburg pass away on the first night of Rosh Hashanah was extremely difficult. I really don't think I'm overstating things when I say the prospect of having a sixth conservative judge on the Supreme Court is utterly horrifying. As always, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but please, if you're in the United States and you're over 18 and you're a citizen, register to vote and go vote. Your vote truly does matter. I know sometimes it can feel like, especially if you're in a large state that is very partisan, that your vote doesn't matter, but it can have an impact, especially on local races. And local races can matter on a statewide level. Anyways, all of that out of the way, this episode is continuing our fun and exciting trend of absolutely terrible royal marriages. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at Cece of Austria, aka Elizabeth of Austria, the wife of Franz Joseph of Austria. Like so many other people we've covered in this series, her marriage was not happy. And before we really dive into her life and unhappy marriage, I do want to quickly throw out a content warning for people who have struggled with disordered eating in the past or for whom talks of disordered eating can be a trigger for them. This does come up quite a bit in Cece's life. So if that's going to be difficult for you, you might want to skip this episode. Also, when it does come up, I will alert everyone. With that caveat out of the way, let's dive in to the life of Cece of Austria. Her study guide has possibly the worst mother-in-law to date, which as we all know is quite a feat, the circus, some really questionable face masks, and of course, Italian anarchists. Let's begin. The future Sisi of Austria was born in Munich in what would eventually become Germany on December 24th, 1837. Her birth name was Elizabeth Amelie Eugenie, but that's quite a mouthful, so from childhood basically everyone called her Sisi, and that's the name she would go down in history using. Sisi's parents were a Bavarian duke, Joseph Maximilian, and Princess Ludovica of Bavaria, the daughter of King Maximilian I of Bavaria. Of Ludovica's sisters, she definitely married the lowest status man. One of her sisters was the Queen of Prussia, and the other sister was married to the Archduke of Austria. Also, Cece's parents just so happen to be second cousins, which is always fun and definitely doesn't cause any difficulties when it comes to bloodlines and genetics. Cece's parents had a fairly tense relationship because, as it turned out, her father, Joseph Maximilian, had a ton of mistresses and had absolutely no interest in being a proper duke instead of the whole ruling thing. He instead liked to hang out with artists and circus performers, whereas her mother, Ludovica, wanted her husband to do his job so she could seem 
as powerful as her sisters. Cece was the fourth of her parents' children. She had two older brothers and an older sister, as well as three younger brothers and three younger sisters. Growing up, Cece lived in Bavaria, which at the time was a fairly minor German state that was caught up in the ever-growing drama between the Austrian Empire, which was attempting to expand, and the state of Prussia, which was trying to unify all the German-speaking states in what had once been the Holy Roman Empire, which obviously threatened the Austrian Empire, which contained a large German-speaking population. Cece spent most of her life living in Pulsenhofen Castle and grew up pretty carefree. She basically got to do whatever she wanted because, hey, she's the daughter of the Duke, which meant that if she didn't want to attend tutoring, she wouldn't, and instead would ditch it to go ride horses, which she loved. Cece would be a massive horseback rider for her entire life. As a child, Cece was much closer to her father than her mother. They were so close that her father kept telling a young Cece that if the two weren't born into a noble family, they would have run off and become circus performers together. And a teenage Cece fucking adored that idea. However, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that Cece did not become a circus performer. In 1853, when she was 15 years old, Cece went to Austria with her mother and her older sister, Helene. Helene was supposed to become the fiancé to Emperor Franz Joseph of Austria. Emperor Franz Joseph had recently become the Emperor of Austria through the revolutions of 1848 and the machinations of his mother, aka Cece's aunt. And in that process, had gotten a reputation for being more than a little repressive. By 1853, Franz Joseph had already survived one assassination attempt, so within Austria, there was a lot of pressure on him to get married and get an heir ASAP. As soon as Franz Joseph and Cece met, Franz Joseph fell head over heels in love with her. In fact, on the first night they were together, he gave her a giant bouquet of flowers that he was actually supposed to give to her sister, Helene, which caused a massive scandal. Franz Joseph's mother, Cece's aunt, Sophie of Austria, who had a reputation for being a giant battle axe, was not so pleased by her son's change of affections. After all, Cece was only 15 years old and was the younger daughter of a lesser duke. She was nowhere near noble enough to marry the fucking Emperor of Austria. But Franz Joseph was very, very stubborn and threatened to never get married ever, which would cause some issues for the Austrian inheritance unless he got to marry his cousin Cece. Eventually, his mother backed down, and five days after the two of them met, Franz Joseph and Cece were publicly engaged. She was 15, and he was 23. When the engagement happened, Cece freaked out quite a bit. She felt like she was going to be a terrible queen, 
After all, she had no interest in holding such a high position. She wanted to be a circus performer, after all, and she was known for being shy and awkward. However, since the Emperor of Austria was proposing to her, she really didn't have that much of a say in the matter. Ultimately, Cici and Franz Joseph got married in Vienna on April 24th, 1854. She was 16 years old at the time. Honestly, Cece probably would have been thrilled if the marriage was delayed a little bit longer, whereas Franz Joseph probably would have wanted it to happen much sooner. The compromise to have it happen about a year after they met happened because Cece had no training in proper court protocol, especially in the very strict Austrian court of Vienna, and she had to be properly trained in how to be an empress. So the two got married, huzzah, huzzah. Except it wasn't so huzzah, huzzah. From the beginning, Cece didn't exactly enjoy her marriage. It wasn't that she didn't like Franz Joseph, it was more that she didn't like having to live in Austria. She really missed her home country of Bavaria, especially because she wasn't allowed to bring anyone from the Bavarian court to Austria with her. In the process of moving, she compared herself to Marie Antoinette when Marie Antoinette had to go to France, which, as we all know, didn't end all that well for Marie Antoinette. She also described herself as a circus freak within the Austrian court because she didn't like all the court ritual that she had to deal with and felt like she didn't fit in. As a result, basically from the get-go of the marriage, she got a reputation in Vienna for being extremely antisocial. On top of that, Cece from the start had an absolutely terrible relationship with her mother-in-law, Sophie. And when it came to the Austrian court in the 1850s, Sophie of Austria was the one with all the power. According to Sophie, nothing that Cece did was good enough. Sophie told Cece not to smile with her mouth open because her teeth weren't good enough. She told Cece that the only thing she was good for was having babies and that she shouldn't even think about state affairs. She sent Cece away from the main court in Vienna and her husband to rural palaces where she would be out of the way. She even tried to forbid Cece from going horseback riding, which essentially was the only thing that gave Cece joy in Austria. Despite the near exile of Cece from the main court, by 1855, Cece was pregnant and she gave birth to the first of her four children, who was a girl named Sophie. Not surprisingly, the name Sophie was chosen because that was Franz Joseph's mother's name. The fact that Cece's first child was a girl was seen as a major disappointment at the Austrian court, especially because both Cece's mother and Sophie had given birth to so many sons. Everyone was expecting Cece to follow in the family tradition and pop out a few boys. After the birth of baby Sophie, the child was taken away from Cece and instead was completely raised by Sophie of Austria. And Sophie wasn't done. 
she also put one of her best friends, the Countess Esterhase Liechtenstein, in charge of Cece's household in order to ensure that Cece really had no control over her own life. The next year, in 1856, Cece gave birth yet again. And yet again, it was a disappointment to the Austrian people because she had another daughter, this time named Gisela. The next year, Cece was suffering from some pretty bad health, both physically and mentally, so she decided to leave the main court in Vienna and instead take a trip to the other half of the Austrian Empire in Hungary. This trip was not popular among the Austrian court. The doctors at court told Cece that if she had to take this trip, to not take the children with her because they weren't super strong and healthy. And as it turned out, the doctors were right. During the trip, Cece's older daughter, Sophie, got sick, almost certainly from typhus, and ended up dying. As a result, everyone blamed Cece for the princess's death, and the death of her oldest daughter sent Cece into the first of what would end up being many depressive episodes. And it's here that I want to pause and give a brief warning for anyone who might be triggered by discussions of disordered eating, because that ends up becoming a really big part of Cece's life after the death of her oldest child. Basically, after 1857, Cece begins getting obsessed with her appearance, specifically her weight and her weight size. Most modern scholars are pretty sure that Cece had some form of anorexia or orthorexia or some other type of disordered eating. Obviously, it's really hard to diagnose someone after the fact, but it's most likely one of those three because Cece really began to restrict her eating. She would go days without eating and did everything she could to ensure that she never weighed more than 105 pounds. And Cece was between 5'6 and 5'8 in terms of height, so this weight would make her very skinny. Beyond her weight, Cece was also obsessed with her waist size. She never wanted her waist to be larger than 16 inches, which is tiny. In order to accommodate this, she would basically only eat biscuits, eggs, and beef broth. And if she ever felt like she was becoming too large, she would only eat beef broth until she went back to the size she wanted to be. In order to maintain the body size she wanted, she also had a gymnasium. She also had a gymnasium built in any palace she was staying in so that she could work out there. And if she was unable to access a gymnasium, she would literally spend eight hours a day horseback riding or fencing so she could maintain the body size that she wanted. Okay, talk of body and eating disorder over. Beyond just her body, Cece also became obsessed with her hair to a degree that we probably haven't seen since, oh, Rapunzel. She began washing it every single night with brandy and egg whites, which is quite the combination. Yes, eggs are still considered to be good for hair, but I don't think most hairdressers would suggest pouring alcohol 
over your head because it is really drying. Whenever she had you have her hair brushed, she would lie a piece of white silk cloth underneath her hair in order to see how many pieces of hair would fall out. And if too many pieces of hair fell out, she would just start crying uncontrollably and basically be unable to stop. And I was unable to determine exactly how many pieces were too many, but I'm sure it was a very, very small number. Cece wasn't the only person in Austria who was suffering during this time period. We also have a ton of political drama going on in the Austrian Empire. Within the Italian bits of the empire, there was a huge push for Italian unity, which was led by the kingdom of Piedmont and Sardinia. Ultimately, Piedmont and Sardinia allied with France under the reign of Napoleon III and went to war with the Austrian Empire. In the subsequent war, the Austrian Empire ended up losing, which meant they lost control of the territory of Lombardy, as well as quite a lot of diplomatic clout. Not that Cece cared, she was more focused on other things, because she was pregnant yet again. And in 1858, Cece finally gave birth to a son named Rudolf. With the birth of the son, Cece had done what she was supposed to do as empress. Her husband had an heir, and everyone was thrilled. However, once again, Cece didn't have all that much time to spend with her son because almost immediately after his birth, her mother-in-law, Sophie, took Rudolf away and raised him on her own. After Cece gave birth to Rudolf, her relationship with her husband started to fall apart in a really fun and epic way. Franz Joseph may have given Cece a venereal disease or she may have found out that he was having affairs in some other way, but either way, Franz Joseph was aggressively unfaithful to his much younger wife, and Cece discovered this, and in response, had a complete nervous breakdown, which, as we're now seeing, is a bit of a recurring theme in her life. In order to help Cece recover from said breakdown, the Austrian royal family had to borrow a yacht from the British royal family and spend some, give it to Cece and allow her to spend some time alone in the Canary Islands in Corfu to recuperate. After 1858 and her quasi-separation from her husband, Cece started to do her own thing. She continued to travel a lot usually on her own, separate from the rest of the Austrian court. And during her travels, she reconnected with one of her cousins, who was now King Ludwig II of Bavaria. Much like Cece, Ludwig had a reputation for being very romantic, borderline flighty, and not the most mentally stable of humans. The two bonded over their shared love of horseback riding and their shared mental trauma and were essentially BFFs. Also during this time period, Cece began pushing to get more control of her children and it worked. For once, she, not her mother-in-law, got to choose the tutors, governesses, and maids for her two surviving children. 
Part of this might have been because her husband, Franz Joseph, was dealing with the whole fiasco that had occurred when his little brother, Maximilian, had become Emperor of Mexico. And if you want more details on that, you can check out episode 34. By the 1860s, the more independent Sisi had started to really get into the Hungarian section of the Austrian Empire as a concept. She started to regularly visit it and ended up opening a horseback riding academy there. It got to the point where Sisi insisted that all of her ladies-in-waiting be from Hungary slash learn Hungarian and that all of her servants speak only Hungarian. This was a massive slap in the face to the Habsburgs, who historically had not gotten along with the Hungarian section of their empire at all, and as a result, made her extremely unpopular, both within the Austrian court and with Austria as a whole. This all culminated in Sisi pushing Franz Joseph to make Hungary its own kingdom, which would give the country more autonomy and some measure of independence. It ended up working. In 1867, Franz Joseph announced that Hungary would be its own kingdom. Franz Joseph and Sisi became its king and queen. We now have a dual monarchy, and instead of just the Austrian Empire, we have the Austro-Hungarian Empire that is so famous in the start of World War I. As a thank you to Sisi for helping create the Hungarian kingdom, the people of Hungary gave Sisi her own castle, and Sisi was thrilled. In April 1868, she gave birth to her final child, Marie Valerie, in her Hungarian palace of Godolo. Because she had given birth to Marie Valerie in Hungary, and because she had given birth to the child, Post her quasi-separation with Franz Joseph, she was able to keep this youngest child with her and raise her totally on her own terms, which, as we've established, was a huge win for Cece. After Marie Valerie's birth, Cece would mostly stay in Hungary, where she was a beloved figure and where she became extremely close to Guila Andrasi, then Prime Minister of Hungary. Two years after the birth of her final child, things once again started to look not so great for Austria. In 1870, the Kingdom of Prussia successfully unified Germany after their big win in the Franco-Prussian War. While this was great for Prussia, it kind of screwed Austria over because they lost a lot of power in the German-speaking regions of Central Europe. However, it wasn't all bad for Sisi because the loss of this power did force Franz Joseph to become closer to Hungary and Sisi's BFF, Andrasi, as a result. After the birth of Marie Valerie, the romantic relationship between Sisi and her husband was over. Sisi, by now, was fine with him having extramarital affairs. She wasn't sleeping with him, after all, and basically would only spend time with her husband when she absolutely had to, such as when there was a very, 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 very important state function where the lack of her presence would cause a scandal. In fact, Sisi ended up 
somewhat encouraging her husband to start a long-term affair with an Austrian actress, Katarina Scrot, later on, and went so far as to commission a portrait of Katarina for an elderly Franz Joseph. After this more permanent split with Franz Joseph, Cece once again continued to travel. Her youngest daughter, Marie Valerie, was fairly sickly, and Cece wanted to take her to countries with better climates than Austria and Hungary, so she decided to take her to England because apparently the English climate was great. Also, England had really good doctors. During her time in England, Cece met Queen Victoria, who famously was super impressed by Cece, which was a big deal because Queen Victoria famously didn't love the Habsburgs. However, Cece wasn't all that in to Queen Victoria. It was nothing against Victoria personally. It's just, as we've established, Cece would rather be alone going off hunting. During her trips to England, Cece also spent a lot of time in Ireland, where she gained a reputation for being sympathetic towards the Irish nationalist cause, which caused quite a bit of diplomatic drama between Austria and Britain. During all of these travels, rumors started to spread that Cece was not being faithful to her equally unfaithful husband. However, it's pretty unlikely that Cece actually had any affairs of her own. Some people have said that she and the Hungarian Prime Minister Andrasi had an affair. In fact, there were rumors that he was the father of her youngest daughter, Marie Valerie, but the reality is that the two were probably just very close friends and political collaborators. Also, during her time traveling in England and Ireland, Cece became close horseback riding and hunting buddies with a Scottish soldier named George Day Middleton, whose possible illegitimate daughter would end up marrying Winston Churchill. Once again, it's pretty unlikely that a romantic relationship developed between Cece and Middleton, but it really freaked out her, her son Rudolph, and he ended up scuttling the relationship. Lastly, Cece ended up befriending one English nobleman, Earl Spencer, whose descendant was a young woman named Diana Spencer, who would end up becoming Princess Diana, and a lot of modern scholars have created parallels between the life of Cece of Austria and Princess Diana. As Cece was growing older and traveling, she became pretty obsessed with the idea of remaining as pale and young-looking as she could. So she started doing all of these slightly questionable skin treatments. For example, she would bathe in olive oil every single night and would drink this mixture of raw eggs and salt because apparently that is the best moisturizing treatment on the planet. She also would use this leather face mask every night that was lined with a mixture of strawberries and raw steak to prevent her face from wrinkling because that is certainly a concept. I really wonder what a modern dermatologist would say about that. 
By the late 1870s and early 1880s, once again, political instability had hit the Austro-Hungarian Empire. The 1878 Treaty of San Stefano had hugely expanded the role of Russia in continental Europe, especially in the Balkans, whereas the Austrians would very much like full control of the Balkans. Thank you very much. And it's not like the Balkans are going to blow up in about 30 years and cause a entire world war. And on top of that, we have this rising threat of a new political group of anarchists who keep trying to kill royalty, which is always nice and fun. In 1881, Cece's only son, Rudolf, married a 15-year-old princess, Stephanie of Belgium. Cece did not approve of this marriage at all. She thought that Stephanie was way too young to be getting married. After all, Cece was about the same age when she got married to Franz Joseph, and looked how that, and look at how that had turned out. Cece also felt like Stephanie was too stupid and not pretty enough to keep Rudolf's interest, and that the relationship would be doomed from the start. As it turned out, Cece was correct. Almost immediately after the marriage, Rudolf began having affairs, although he and Stephanie did manage to have a single child, a daughter. Two years later, in 1883, trouble started up for Cece's closest friend, her cousin, Ludwig II of Bavaria. Ludwig hadn't exactly been the best king. He was more focused on building elaborate castles and obsessing over Wagner instead of, you know, actually ruling Bavaria, and in the process, the country had become bankrupt. In 1886, a regency was declared in Bavaria, and Ludwig was deposed by the government. A few months later, he was found drowned on June 13, 1886, in super mysterious circumstances, aka he almost certainly was murdered. And the death of Ludwig was really hard on Cece. Once again, we come close to another breakdown. And things were only going to get worse. Three years later, in 1889, Cece's only son Rudolf died in a murder-suicide pact with his teenage mistress, Mary Vestera. Rudolf had a reputation for being depressed due to political stuff. Unlike his father, Rudolf was fairly radical, especially when it came to Hungarian nationalism, and Franz Joseph was in pretty good health for an old guy, so it wasn't like Rudolf was going to be emperor anytime soon and didn't really have any power to make changes. At the time of Rudolf's death, there was a lot of rumor over how he died and who died first, him or Mary. Nowadays, it's pretty clear that Mary died via gunshot before Rudolf and then Rudolf killed himself, but we still don't know if Mary's death was murder or suicide. The main rumor is that Rudolf did it because Franz Joseph told him to end the affair with Mary, but it's still pretty fuzzy, and I'll be going into more detail on that in next week's episode. Either way, Rudolf's death was super hard on Cece. After he died, she would only ever wear black in public and once again, suffered from a serious depression. She was worried that her family had some sort of tendency towards insanity, and she had passed it down to all of her children. 
Luckily, her two daughters lived fairly normal, happy lives. It was only Rudolf who lived a troubled life. After Rudolf's death, Cece took up the habit of going for extremely long walks. She began suffering from back problems, which made her intense hour-long horseback rides impossible, so she had to find some new way of maintaining her thin figure. By the time Rudolf had died, photography had really taken off in Europe, and as it turned out, Cece hated having her picture taken. She compared the process to being robbed and raped, so if anyone approached her to take her photo, she would cover her face with a fan or an umbrella in order to prevent that from happening. Once again, to help cope with her sadness, Cece took up traveling. This time, she mostly traveled in the Mediterranean and Greece. She became really interested in the classics and basically taught herself ancient Greece during her hours-long walks. In September 1898, Cece was on yet another trip, this time to Lake Geneva in Switzerland with one of her ladies-on-waiting. She was traveling under an alias, but then the local press found out that she was staying in Geneva and reported that she was in the area. In Geneva, there was an Italian anarchist named Luigi Luceni, who wanted to kill a member of a royal family for funsies. On September 10th, 1898, Cece and her lady-in-waiting were walking to a steamboat to leave Geneva. At the time, Cece didn't have any bodyguards. She had told them to go up ahead. After all, it was a short walk. She should be fine. Luceni approached and stabbed Cece in the heart with a sharp file. Because of the corset that Cece wore every day to ensure that her waist stayed small, Cece didn't realize how badly she was hurt. It was only once she was on the boat and her corset was removed that she began to bleed heavily. As it turned out, Luceni had stabbed her in the heart and the lung. She died later that afternoon at the age of 60 and was buried in the Habsburg crypt in Vienna. She had a giant state funeral. Over 80 members of various royal families attended Cece's funeral. Even though her body was buried in the family crypt in Vienna, her heart was also buried in the family crypt, albeit separately from the body, because that was a fun and cute Habsburg tradition. Even though the two didn't have the best relationship throughout her life, Franz Joseph did seem to be genuinely sad about Cece's death. As it turned out later on in life, they had begun developing a very good platonic friendship. The assassin, Luceni, confessed to the crime almost immediately. As it turned out, he was pretty proud of the whole thing. He was not executed immediately. Instead, he was sentenced to life in prison, but he ended up killing himself via hanging in 1910. So, that is the life, albeit pretty sad, of C.C. of Austria. For those fans of the study guide who prefer bullet points to a full-on lecture, let's do a quick recap. C.C. of Austria was born in 1837 in Bavaria. She was the child of the Duke of Bavaria, Joseph Maximilian, and Princess Ludovica, the daughter of the King of Bavaria. As a child, not that much was 
not that much was expected of Cece. After all, she had an older sister, she had a bunch of older brothers, she wasn't all that high on the marriage market. So she had a pretty relaxed childhood, spending more of her time horseback riding and hanging out with her dad than actually learning lessons. All that changed in 1853 when she and her older sister went to Vienna so that her older sister could get engaged to their cousin Franz Joseph. However, Franz Joseph ended up falling head over heels in love with Cece instead. Five days later, despite both families' disapproval, Franz Joseph announced that he and Cece were going to get engaged. Cece wasn't necessarily thrilled about this concept. After all, she was only 15 and she was really shy. She had no desire to be an empress. But the wedding happened anyway. On April 24th, 1854, Cece married Franz Joseph and became Empress of Austria. From the get-go, the marriage wasn't great. Cece's mother-in-law and aunt, Sophia of Austria, was super harsh to the young empress, constantly criticizing her behavior and basically exiling her away from the main Austrian court. It got so bad that Sophia even told Cece not to smile with her mouth open because her teeth were so hideous. And soon, Cece was letting down more than just her mother-in-law. While Cece had two children within the first three years of marriage, both of them were girls. She was not doing her job of providing a male heir for the Austrian Empire. Then, in 1857, when Cece took her daughters on a vacation to Hungary, one of them died, and the country turned against her. Cece ended up suffering a bit of a nervous breakdown, and became pretty obsessed with her appearance. She almost certainly began suffering from anorexia, and started to majorly restrict her eating in order to ensure that she would never weigh more than 105 pounds and that her waist would never be bigger than 16 inches around. She also became obsessed with her hair, washing it every day in brandy and egg whites and crying hysterically if too much hair fell out on a given day. Ultimately, in 1858, Cece did do her job a.k.a. she gave birth to a son, Rudolf. However, once she had given birth to the son, her relationship with her husband, Franz Joseph, started to fall apart. As it turned out, Franz Joseph wasn't necessarily the most faithful to her and almost certainly gave Cece a venereal disease, which led to Cece having yet another breakdown. After the separation and breakdown, Cece became a little bit more independent. She started traveling on her own and began regaining some control of her children, which previously had gone to her mother-in-law, Sophie. Cece began to get slightly involved in the politics of the empire. She specifically became really interested in Hungary as a concept. Hungary had traditionally not had the best relationship with the Habsburg overlords, but Cece loved the Hungarians, and the Hungarians loved her right back. In 1867, with Cece's help, Franz Joseph made Hungary its own kingdom, turning the Austrian Empire into the Austro-Hungarian Empire. With its status of kingdom guaranteed, Hungary now had more autonomy and some measure of independence. 
Sisi was suddenly one of the most popular people in Hungary, and the Hungarians built her her own castle there. After 1868, Sisi would basically spend most of her time either in Hungary, where she became extremely close to the Prime Minister, Guila Andrasi, or traveling with her final child, her daughter, Marie Valerie. By now, the relationship between Sisi and Franz Joseph was completely over. It was so over, in fact, that Sisi helped him find a new lover, an actress, Katarina Strott. Because the relationship between her husband and her was over, there were some rumors that Sisi had affairs of her own, including with the Hungarian Prime Minister Andrasi and a Scottish soldier, George Bay Middleton, who she became hunting buddies with during one of her trips to England, but it's almost certain that these relationships were simply platonic. Throughout the 1870s and 1880s, things became more difficult for Sisi. In 1881, her son Rudolf entered into an extremely unhappy marriage with a 15-year-old princess. Then, in 1886, Sisi's close friend, her cousin Ludwig II of Bavaria, was deposed and then possibly murdered in Bavaria. Then, three years later, in 1889, her son Rudolf died in a murder-suicide with his teenage mistress. By 1890, Cece was pretty emotionally devastated. She could no longer horseback ride, which had been her favorite pastime, and instead spent most of her time traveling, going for long walks, and teaching herself ancient Greek. In September 1898, Cece once again was traveling, this time to Geneva in Switzerland. One afternoon, she and her lady-in-waiting were walking to a steamboat to continue on in their travels. An Italian anarchist named Luigi Luceni approached them and ended up stabbing Cece in the chest with a file. Cece initially didn't realize how severe the injury was due to the tight corset she was wearing, but when she was on the boat, it was revealed that the stabbing had pierced both her heart and lung. Cece ended up dying on the afternoon of September 10th, 1898, at the age of 60. She was buried in the Habsburg Crypt in Vienna, and at the time of her death, there was mass mourning across the empire, if not necessarily by the nobles, who Cece had never quite fit in with, but definitely among the common people. So, that's the very, very sad life of Cece of Austria. Most of my research for this episode came from Elizabeth Carey Mahone's article on CC for the website Scandalous Women in two books, Andrew Sinclair's Death by Fame, A Life of Elizabeth, Empress of Austria, and Joan Haslip's book, The Lonely Empress, Elizabeth of Austria. As always, for a full list of sources and relevant images, you can visit the website sadgirlstudyguides.com. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email the podcast at sadgirlstudyguides at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be talking about, guess what? Another tragic marriage. This time, it will be about Cece's son, Rudolf of Austria, who also had a pretty fucked up marriage and death. If you want to financially help out the podcast, you can do so by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash 
study guides, patrons get access to a bunch of fun bonuses, including our bi-weekly tangent casts, where we talk about a person, place, or thing that doesn't quite fit into a full-length study guide. In our next tangent cast, we will be looking at the other exploits of Cece's possible lover, George Bay Middleton. Other things you can get by being a patron include shoutouts and the ability to suggest study guide topics. As always, if you want to reach out on social media, there's the Twitter, Sad Girl Study Pod, and the Instagram, Sad Girl Study Guides. The best way to help the podcast grow is to tell a friend or subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And please let us know how we're doing, read a review, or else I'll be sad. Bye!